This episode of 48 Minutes is brought to you by Court Stormers. Each week, Tim Daniel and the smooth jazz of Mike Canizales get together to discuss college basketball and pop culture. If you have a 48-minute subscription, you can go to that same podcast service and subscribe to Court Stormers to make sure you never miss an episode. This episode is also brought to you by the PlayStation Forecast. That's right, Alex, that's me, has started a podcast that is a love letter to all things PlayStation. If you like video games but specifically love PlayStation, you can subscribe to the PlayStation Forecast on the podcast service of your choice and get each and every episode as it comes to you Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is the PlayStation Forecast. Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment. Youngest is covered in blood, ain't either what we coming with. Others in love with the drug and this family is running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. What's up, everybody, and welcome to 48 Minutes episode. I don't remember. It's been a minute, but I am back, and it is me, Alex Derrickson, one of your hosts, and joined this week. It is it is a big old born of plenty of people here. We've got our usual crew of Tim Daniel. Happy NBA Jam Day, Alex. Is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. I did not According know that. According to ESPN, at least. You know, take that for I don't, what it is. Is that, dude? No, come on. ESPN will report whatever anyone puts on Reddit. Fact. We know this. No, Sean, no, not fact. Not fact. That's the problem. Sean Miller will go to, will attest to this. Oh, my God. All right. Speaking of Sean's, we got one with us, and it is the pride of Latonia, Sean Mackey. What's going on, man? Not much, dude. Good to hear you. You too. It's been, it's been quite some time. It has. And it's been, it's been so long. I, I came on for a special occasion. We are joined by perhaps one of the most unique voices in basketball journalism, arguably the coolest dude covering the NBA today from the second arrangement, Kelly Dwyer. Uh, hey, guys, let's let's dial back on the cool dude stuff, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm strangling out some tasty blues licks over here after, uh, you know, giving my cat some dry food. Let's let's tone down on the uh, hipster <laughs> doofusisms, but uh, thanks for having me on, gentlemen. You you just said a whole bunch of things that I would have never said that automatically makes you cool. I mean, come on. <laughs> like you're you've already like upped the echelon of, of the show. We have echelons now? Yeah. Echelons, pantheons, uh, man. I mean, I, we got we got it all. I should have known about these echelons. No, there's uh, okay, yeah, I'm a little cool. I'll put <laughs> I mean, I recently started tucking in my shirts. Uh, I, I got a rubber ducky on my desk. I got, uh, no, I'm, I, 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 I'm trying towards something that's cooler than the existence that I laid out in the first 37 years of my life. And so far my hair's not parting down the middle naturally. So I think I'm good to go. <laughs> so wait, is it parting down the middle by choice then? No, no. It's just been a fight for like the last 20 odd years to get some sort of, uh, you know, Jack Lordism out of my hair. And, uh, you know, as it's starting to give me a Jose Calderon in the back, I think you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to fight that fight yet again. And that's where the tasty blues licks come in. <laughs> I'm sorry. There was just so much to digest there, including, including your hair is giving you a Jose Calderon. 
what, what's what we're calling a bald spot in 2018. It's it's not a Ginobili anymore. No, no, no. I'm not that. I, I don't go to my left that quickly. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure if it was. It's, it's not sunsetting like a nice Rashid spot. Like <laughs> it's just it's just a straight Jose. Okay. Good to know. It's a straight Jose. It's it disappears for a couple of weeks, and you see it on the end of the bench, and all of a sudden it's starting for no reason, like on a date <laughs> night. It's it's it doesn't turn the ball over. <laughs> oh, holy shit! This is gonna be this is gonna be a good one. Well, this is Forty Eight Minutes. It does come to you each and every week across various podcast services around the globe. If you like what you hear and you want to hear with your eyes, you can go to Forty Eight Minutes Network dot com, where we have a whole bunch of written words and good fun stuff waiting for you. Trust me, this one is going to be worth it if you didn't think so already. We have got so much to discuss. We've got players talking shit. We've got a playoff preview. We've got somehow Detroit's still in it. Uh, so let's just uh, let's just get started, Kelly. What get, guest picks the topic first? What where would you like to start this this train? Detroit's still in it. I just was watching a Detroit uh, Pistons Philadelphia 76ers game, and and the league pass stopped uh, scrolling around in time for me to hear that Anthony Tolliver enjoys oranges, bananas, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before every game. No real hefty proteins. I was I was kind of surprised. I thought I'd hear some other uh, lean protein go into it, but uh, the best, one of the good things about League Pass is that they let you see the uh, Jumbotron stuff in between breaks in the action, and they had some adorable kid asking Anthony Tolliver what he ate before the game, and yeah, oranges, bananas, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That, that's all, about all the, the new stuff man. I got in Detroit. Yeah, but I mean, that's still, I don't know, I thought it'd be a bit more proteiny. and if you want vitamins, I mean, go green, kids, go with the K's, get some, get some leafy stuff in there, but how am I going to disagree with what we've seen out of Anthony Tolliver this year? What a wonderful human being, what a generous ball handle as someone who's looking for on both ends of the floor i mean he's out there to like you know go in fits and spurts he's out there to look for his own stuff but he's such he's a mensch he's just a wonderful player i've enjoyed him and watch him immensely this year and that's all i want to touch on in terms of the detroit pistons well that's about all we're going to touch on because looking at the score they're not going to be in the playoff race for much longer than the next 24 minutes (laughs) oh ouch it's still available though they say by the time you hear this, Detroit should have been eliminated from playoff contention. So I guess if we're going to just jump into playoff previews, we can start out east where it is after today basically a lock of your top eight teams. But seven and eight can still fluctuate. I did not mean for that to happen. I'm so sorry. Uh, so oh, so who who you got for for six, seven, and eight? Who's going to round out the 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 bottom three of the East here between Washington, Milwaukee? And uh, Miami, Kelly, who are you thinking? Well, I mean, Miami, I don't know what they're doing with Atlanta right now, but uh, they would seem to be the straight, straightest arrow in the group. But, uh, you know, they kind of needed a, a desperate situation to take down the Hawks. Out of those teams, what do I like the most? I guess Washington still has the best squad. They looked pretty awful against Houston the other night. John Wall kind of looks like he's going to need – he looks like he's going to need a bit to get back into it. I watched him on Saturday, and he seemed fine, but he just seems really blocky and, and not exactly the sort of uh, sprightly lad that you'd want to jump into the playoff race in the middle of April. Milwaukee is boring as hell. I'm, I'm sorry. They just are. It's just Tony Snellisms all over the place. Like, I can't believe I'm watching a team with 
<laughs> Eric Bledsoe like dashing and dripping the way he does, and Giannis had twenty nine last night, and it's still Joe Prunty and his and his Brian Hillpurst lips. I mean, I, I hope I'm going to go to Milwaukee in the playoffs, and I, I'm sure they're going to give us a show. The fans there are tremendous, uh, and uh, Miami is 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 not entirely all that great to watch either, unless you like six foot six and a half swing men shooting the ball at a three quarter angle while they uh, fall backward, and those shots go in somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Justin Winslow thinks he's a player over the last month, and God bless him for it. And uh, Dwayne Wade is just, uh, you know, trying not to get his ID checked. (laughs) (laughs) A blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, right? (laughs) I love the East this year. I mean, rip on Detroit all you want. We just did. Charlotte, they lost to the Bulls last night. Those are still ten teams that try. And the Bulls won a ton this year, and the Knicks had a tiny little run in them. And Brooklyn's always been a pain in the ass. And, uh, you know, Orlando has a coach with a beard. But, like, the rest of the teams <laughs> in the East are really going after it this year. And uh, God bless them for that. I mean, it's been a fun night out most nights. Now, do you think the East has been so competitive because they kind of see a, a weakness in Cleveland this year? And so there's a little bit more to gun for? No, I just think it's because of the oranges and the bananas and the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that Anthony Collins before each game. I don't know, not really. This is never in in response to anything else. It's just sure. everyone's got good players now. It, it, that you know, Toronto can't even get its act together after. It, it, no, no, it's these guys are all in, focused on that game to game stuff. It's it's not all about LeBron. That's that's only for us sports writers. <clears throat> So, is it, yeah, go ahead, Tom. You mentioned the Bulls and their win against the Hornets, and I think you, you mentioned they had a, They probably won a lot more games than a lot of us expected to, especially the three of us on this show. Um, and obviously, they make the big free agent signing last week. The huge deal of Sean Kilpatrick, where he can play ten days for the Celtics or three years for the Bulls. You know, pretty even, of course, <laughs> with with options. <laughs> I know. So, do you think that the Bulls are so bad at tanking? That how cold is it? <laughs> they wear white on the road, guys. <laughs> you got a Barry Larkin jersey in back of you. That's what they look like on the road. <laughs> I, I mean, there's, a, there's a really good chance that like Fred Hoiberg could be the nicest assistant coach that's ever assisted coaches. He could be the biggest greatest genius that there's ever been in a league that god bless it it's head coaches get out of the way in the huddles and let the assistants basically you know call stuff out while the players you know get their acts together you know so he could be this amazing basketball mind i just think the well's been poisoned dating back to the thibodeau years i mean we can see it with doug mcdermott and dallas right now these bit players that have no confidence because they got a taste of the tips look at it at uh uh you know who's the kid bobby portis He's up and down like nobody's business. And they got a bunch of players on that team. They're all sons of Krause over there in a good way and a terrible way. They love the same players Jerry Krause likes. So you get these long, swashbuckling fellows like Denzel Valentine and Payne and Vonley and all these long dudes that look really good. And it's understandable where they're trying to go with this sort of elastic situation that sends five shooters out there to pull things and triangles around. But, uh, I, you know... Let's see what happens in June. Let's see what guy I've never watched play basketball. They decide to. to <laughs> <laughs> I, think, 
they're not good at tanking. They're 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 really good by the book at tanking, but uh, you know that book has individuals and humans in it. These guys sometimes forgets, and and uh, God bless the humans for going out there and giving us a game. Okay, so <laughs> on the topic of the Bulls, let's just if we're just gonna kind of like keep this off. I, I like I like the rails that we're on here. So Mary Ben Kill between John Paxson, Gar Foreman, and then Fred Hoiberg. Well, I, I mean, when I think kill, I think murder, and I think how I function on the court. And I would love to play Fred Hoiberg in basketball. He's 6'4 half. He's sturdy. He could rebound. I would love to play that dude. This is not a joke about this man's health. This is a real, sincere, genuine appreciation of how damn good a basketball player that guy was with Chicago, Minnesota. I would love to play basketball against him, and I would love to kill him with an up-and-under move in the right or left post. So there's that. Mary, John Paxson, okay? There's a reason Horace Grant passed up an open layup to throw him the ball 25 feet away from the hoop because he trusted <laughs> him and his Notre Dame touch and that mustache that he used to have so much. So marry him, and uh, you know I don't listen to Howard Stern. What was the third option? Gar uh, Foreman. I'd see him in the hallway, and I'd offer him a laurel and hearty handshake, and say, "Hey, you know, went there, you know, went okay for a while, and then things kind of got away from us. Let's try to stay out of Iowa for a bit. Let's try some <laughs> other states, maybe not even ACC states. Let's leave like the Carolinas and Iowa alone for a bit, <laughs> and." Um, I don't know. Maybe we're white at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm so glad that you, you joined us this week. Best episode ever already. Yes. Kelly, I, I want to I wanna just go ahead and say I'm, I'm thrilled that you're, you're on the show today. But I've been reading your work for about nine years now, which is a really long time come to think of it but there is a there's a story that always resonates with me like every year when the bulls suck and it was i don't know if you remember writing it or not i actually spent an hour at work trying to dig it up today on the Wayback machine because balls don't lies internet archive Fractured. it's just it's terrible it's terrible i can't find anything so uh, but it was about a a possible bulls trade where they were going to be acquiring al harrington and how you said that was the most Chicago Bulls move they could do. It already feels like he's here. It's, <laughs> it, he just seems like the kind of player they're going to acquire. Just just go ahead and shut up and just realize that, you know, Al Harrington is going to be a Chicago Bull. Now, he didn't end up going there, but every time they do something stupid, I think about that. And I always compare it to that, that move that never happened. And, and... But it always, it, I don't know, it always just seems like something that they would have done. And I, I don't know why I always think about that. But do you, do you remember writing that? Uh, honestly, like Al Harrington, that's, that's, when I, listen, when I say that stuff, I'm not, I'm not yelling at the Bulls. I'm yelling at myself. That's my self, that's my loathing coming out on the page. If Kelly Dwyer ran a basketball team, it would look like the Bulls, but they play they'd wear red on the road. That'd be it. And like maybe Iowa State would be switched out with the University of Cincinnati because I'm sorry, I got a Corey Blunt thing. 
it's like I I don't know. I agree with Al Harrington. I wanted them in two thousand three or whenever that was to trade, or excuse me, four to trade the Ben Gordon pick for Al Harrington because I'm looking at that guy's per game stats and going, this is a nice sensible. This is before I got my head on straight. This is before I got my Hollinger on. So. I have no issues with them bringing in this endless series of, you know, Pete Myers, six foot seven, small forward slash point guards that can't shoot at all. It kind of seemed kind of slow for a basketball player or maybe even a baseball player. But those guys have heart. And, uh, I, you know, Al Harrington, he's class of 98 like me, too. So, uh, I, you know, we kind of come from the same place. But, yeah, listen, Paxson drafts the same way Krauss did. They look for these long guys, and Al Harrington fits that, you know, that multi-positional sort of thing that these these fellas have been after for 30 years. And sometimes it works out, and you can't tell me that you don't watch the Bulls games and don't see all those interchangeable dudes and think, ah, this, this, why, why isn't this group way better than it is? They're fun to watch, at the very least. They, they went on a really decent win streak mid-year, and I was, I was really having a lot of fun with them, and then... You know, I think Larry Markkinen got hurt, and and then Zach Levine came back, and then they looked great, and then everybody started getting hurt again, and you know, and then Nico left, and I I don't know, man. It's uh, last. Jameer Nelson was there for five minutes. Yeah, I mean, it, they've been they've been difficult to watch this year. Guys, that they're was fun. They're fun, but it's still it's. No, they're they're not. No, don't watch them. And also, that wasn't Jameer Nelson. That was me. <laughs> I just love the circu- the uh, circuitous approach that they went to go get Omer Sheik back. I thought oh. that was the last we'd seen of him, other or as Sean refers to his world's tallest Judge Reinhold. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that's true, by the way. You guys ever driven through Utah? <laughs> There's got to be some seven foot four Judge Reinholds in that state. <laughs> Way taller than Omer Sheik. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. So, Kelly, talk about some weird things going on in the world of the NBA because we got our Bulls our Bulls fit in. Um, Kawhi Leonard. This whole Spurs dilemma, there's the team meeting that didn't happen according to Danny Green. There's the He's going to New York to meet with his team. It seems like Popovich doesn't know what's going on. Now there's reports that teams are planning a trade, trade talks at the end of the year. When you look at this Kawhi thing and how odd and off the wall it is, what what do you th- what is your summary of this scenario? Like, if you're writing in your newsletter about the Spurs tomorrow morning, what are you putting about this whole situation? I mean, I I kind of don't have a problem if it falls apart. I mean, it's it's a bummer, but it's 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 not the worst thing in the world for. 27 about to turn 27 year old Kawhi Leonard to go somewhere else in San Antonio to get a fresh start. I mean, I know that's what we've always expected of them is to be this 56 win powerhouse, but you know, maybe it isn't the worst thing for letting this guy cling to the Spurs for his entire career and maybe having his, uh, you know, emperor's clothes taken away when it comes time to turn him into a high usage guy, especially after he's dragged a bum leg around for an entire basketball season. So you know, it's been unfortunate, but maybe this just slow trickle has, has uh, you know, helped wear away my, uh, you know, frustration at the idea that I won't get to watch him develop in front of that coaching staff. But, you know, it's if he moves on, 
sometimes the group wants what it wants. Sometimes it's not some guy being dragged around like we see in movies. Sometimes it's a guy talking through his group. Maybe he doesn't like it. Maybe he's not into it. <clears throat> Maybe there's something else going on that is entirely appropriate that's none of our goddamn business that we just got to back off of. And these teams... Once we can get two and three and four teams in the, you know, the, in June or maybe even after the draft can, can figure a way into making this sensible and reasonable. It's okay for people to fall out of love. And, uh, you know, maybe we should just take the Kyrie Irving approach and uh, try to find the best for both sides. Kind of conversely from that, though, last year, you know, we kind of saw how LaMarcus Aldridge wasn't really panning out as, I guess, appropriately as Spurs fans would have liked to have seen. Does it kind of surprise you to see him rebound the way that he is and now Kawhi kind of be the problem player. Would you, is that something that you would have expected? Uh, no, I'm not going to claim that a year ago I thought we'd be talking about Leonard like this, but why the hell not? LMA is a pro. He likes playing the game of basketball. He proved that when he stared down Scott Skiles. He likes this game, and he's been hearing for years that he's just a big guy that's after this or after, you know, that there's not enough billboards, there's not enough bobbleheads going around, and he wants, you know, the Phoenix Suns to grovel in an airport somewhere. Well, fine. He's grown up with that. Let him expect that. He's six foot 11, and he can go over either shoulder. So, you know, it, it, people can think on their feet, and Coach Pop proved that with him, and LMA proved it this year. And, Maybe this is an instance of Leonard, you know, not following suit, not learning from what's all around him. But, you know, maybe no one's entirely wrong in this situation that we know very little about. On the topic of being wrong and LaMarcus Aldridge, is the LaMarcus Aldridge and Victor Harappa deal for Tyrus Thomas still one of the worst trades in Bulls history? It was pretty rough, guys. It was pretty. <laughs> it's rough because, like, Thomas could have been a brilliant player six foot set like his defensive rating his first year set some sort of record or one of those high flutin stats uh, uh the gentleman whose name you just uh said was a not bad 20 foot jump sure set shoot, shooter shot take basketball shot victor kriap was not good he wasn't good <laughs> i tried for a couple of words there but it he just wasn't good he was he had bad. a funny haircut well we all did in 2006 so I'm just true. trying to find the positives, so man. <laughs> you gonna tell me Andy Samberg, twelve years later, is gonna be playing a cop and it's gonna be believable? I'm not seeing that with that haircut, but you know, a dozen years later, we got our shit together. <laughs> so yeah, bad, bad trade. Tyrus Thomas is great, and uh, and uh, he just got jerked around like he was. Uh, you know, Scott Skiles had to prove he was a coach because Andres Nocioni worked so hard and didn't need anyone to whisper in his ear. So, it's, uh, you know, Skiles had to go, well, I don't do anything with that guy, so I got to overcompensate with this load. And, uh, you know, Tyrus, who's, who was like a, a backup to a backup point guard who they could barely get to go to practice three years ago, you know, as a junior in high school, as a sophomore in high school or something like that, responded as you'd expect. But uh, all indications are he's found happiness in his life after basketball. And uh, God bless him, because the 20s were a bit of a whoosh for him. <laughs> so I, I know Sean's talked about how, how long he's read, you know, been reading your, your stuff and everything. And I off and on kind of as I've fallen in and out of basketball and everything, too, I, I've, I've stuck with you as much as I could. I've always appreciated your storytelling and like your writing style and everything and your way to kind of like esoterically dig deeper to get get back to the point that you're making and everything. So over the course of this season, 
we've seen a lot of like stories prominently in the news a lot of stuff in the forefront with like what's going on with the rockets what's going on with lebron the whole will he won't he thing what is the story this season that you wish was getting told more wowzer well let me look at one of these 30 teams let me pull a zach Lowe on camera and go <clears throat> i mean i spend not to like bang the djembe like some asshole in a, in a, in a quad somewhere. But I, I, I write about these 30 teams so much that I almost feel like I'm oversaturated with my dumb jokes. Like that djembe thing that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I have no idea. Guys, Portland's third in the West. Like we thought that was because they beat the Suns by 42 points on some random Sunday or whatever it was that, you know, they were good at defense. And then January came around and they were still good at defense. They're third in the West. That's amazing. That's really, really, really good. Nurkic causes some trouble for other teams. He causes some trouble for Utah. He causes some trouble, excuse me, for the Thunder. Uh, That's fantastic. And I don't even pay attention to their Twitter. I don't even, you know, I don't even have all the good vibes coming for you from that area. I haven't seen a game in their building this year. It's But 48 wins in the first week of April, God bless that. The, the Dwayne Casey situation's got a ton of play, but no one's talking about how Masai Ujiri just thought on his feet and did not mind at all when people were immediate to point out how that was mostly Brian Colangelo's roster that he was working with. That dude is is just a mensch of the highest order, and it's great to see him get whatever, you know, he's going to be ignored in executive of the year voting, but, I mean, it's 55 wins so far. Uh, you know what else? Miami is boring as hell. They're they're they, they're a nice story, but they're boring as hell. And uh, everyone thinks I love the Pacers. I hate the Pacers. I'm from Chicago. <laughs> Forget the Pacers. Chuck Person punting the ball into the Chicago Stadium. I am not a Pacer fan, but boy howdy, what a team! Uh, and they they just finished off a road trip and they got their Sabonis back, and and no one's ever gotten hurt from that. Kelly, with the uh, with the season winding down, you've probably watched a lot of basketball over the last couple weeks. Some of these games matter. Some of them don't. Uh, who has been the most impressive garbage time player in the last six weeks? It's like all of Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight Powell, Dwight Powell, Dwight Powell. I would have said Dylan Brooks from Memphis, but all of Dallas is perfect. <laughs> Dylan Brooks doesn't think he's a garbage time player. Dylan Brooks thinks he's some combination of Eric Murdoch and Rod Strickland out there, and I dig it. That guy is all over the place. <laughs> Dallas plays like, uh, you know, the, the, they're trying to stop another team from getting tacos, and they're trying to not get a zero on the box score at the same time. But they do that in the first quarter. <laughs> I mean... J.J. Beret was coming off of benches when it was called, like, the NBA Development D-League of Anaheim in 2003, and it's 15 years later, and he's still running plays with immediate precision. Dallas is, uh, you know, they're, they're just a team full of Matt Stegagans. I don't know. I never figured out how to pronounce that guy's name, but he's a forward that played a couple minutes on the 1997 Bulls. He... he he threw down a lob in a game against the Raptors. It was it was it was pretty dope. I I tried to get a hold of him once to Michigan State, but they never emailed me back. Uh, anyway, uh, it's it's a fun league to watch, and and I mean garbage time. Look at all the players that are awesome now because of garbage time. Will Barton's and uh, 
all the fellas that have turned something out of nothing in Brooklyn and, and, and our boy Kilpatrick getting uh, three technical years out of things. It's, it's, yeah. it's, a, good, it's a good garbage <laughs> time leap. I can say the worst one is uh, Marquez Chris out of Phoenix. He's he's uh, he's had a rough year. Yeah, that's, a, that's an understatement. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to be rude. It's I, I I only I only take offense to his play when I feel like he's not giving uh, his his night as much consideration as I'm giving mine as I watch games with one contact wins and while I'm petting a cat. <laughs> It's it's funny that you rattled off Dallas, but you didn't even mention the the little the scramble that Nerlens Knowles found himself in this year. <laughs> Hot dog and marijuana, man, don't do it. That's basically, uh, you know, due to the possibly due to the influences you just listed, uh, because I basically ignore the NBA during the afternoon. It's fantastic. I just get up for games. I write about games all night. And then when the idea of Nerland's Noel, the, uh, you know, the talk about subject comes up, I'm, I'm out, you know, dancing around to Larry Carlton <laughs> albums in the living room and pretending it's Samba night, even though I'm in the middle of Indiana on a Tuesday afternoon. So I, I've paid next to no attention outside of watching him just waste away on the basketball court. Yeah, 70 million is no joke, but, uh, you know, he, he also hasn't, his sense of permanence can't be pretty uh, on point, can it? I mean, from the NCAA to that that draft itself, whether he went to Orlando or Philadelphia, and he went to Philadelphia, the team that didn't understand time. So, it, of course, <laughs> he's going to have this sort of skewed, let me switch up my agent because everything's all going to turn out okay in the end sort of thing going for him. But he's also still probably negative 20 years old, and he's 6'11", and uh, we'll figure it out in four years. So you mentioned Philadelphia, and obviously they are the talk of the town because of you know guys like Embiid and Ben Simmons who have been awesome. Joel Embiid, obviously, is the Twitter champion of the NBA. And also, you know, a very, very, very fun basketball player to watch. They're they've got they're on a eleven game win streak. That's a part of that win streak without Embiid. Markel Fultz has looked good since he's come back. Uh, what do you think about this team? What is their ceiling this year? Only reason I ask this particularly because I know it's an easy podcast question to ask is I one hundred percent disagree with what Bill Simmons said last week on his pod when he tried to say that this Philly team reminded him of the young OKC team that lost to the Heat in the finals. That's a big stretch to me, but I still think I'm very excited to see what they can do and possibly if they can make, make some noise in the postseason. Yeah, that Thunder, I hadn't heard that. The Thunder team was way better at basketball. Yes. That Thunder team, <laughs> uh, I mean, not even 2012, 2011, you had Harden just destroying a defending champion, just possession after possession in a row, and then they give it to Durant, and then sometimes Russell would do something. So, no, that's not true, but in a weird way, the Sixers may have a better chance at a championship than that team. If they maximize every single second that they have on the court and, you know, MB comes back, you know, not hop skipping around because he's nervous about the things on his head, that they they could trash the East. They could just they could they could destroy the East if they could just take care of every possession, watch the turnovers and, you know, hit them with the immediacy of this coach, immediacy of this coach and Brett Brown that is still putting plays in. And, you know, they're flipping the ball to Ben Simmons as soon as they touch it, like it like they're Mark Landisberger. They can't wait to get going with Simmons out there. Uh, that team is still growing. And 
I just, you know, everyone's rattled around those awesome stats of them being on the court. They they play that way. So why not? Why not Toronto? Why not Boston? Why not Cleveland? Why not Indiana, the first rhyme? Why not a stiff challenge to a team of Golden State with a guy with half a knee? Why not a stiff challenge to Houston? They could end up having a better chance of, at, at the, you know, the whatever the Simmons wrestling kids call it these days than, uh, than those Thunder had. Um, but no, they're not anywhere near that Thunder team because that was a beautiful team that was in an arc. The Sixers are still figuring stuff out. They still got a lot of rough patches. They still got to ice down some knees. They still got a lot of room to grow and they still got to get LeBron in there. Um, it's, it's, I, I love both those squads on two totally different levels. And, and anyone who has a chance at basketball this spring needs to get smitten quick with the 76ers. They are so incredibly fun to follow. I got a buddy who walked into a barbershop a couple of months ago with a picture of Robert Covington and said, give me this. (laughs) (laughs) In Cincinnati. (laughs) Shout out to comedian Jeff Tate. Uh, they're, they're, They're just, Simmons hasn't started. Simmons has not begun yet. And, and uh, you know, Reddick still has wheels, and Covington goes in and out, but Embiid's uh, uh, coming back, guys. That's a legit team. They just got to maximize those minutes, but, you know, Brett Brown is still putting new sets into games in, in March. I haven't seen what he did tonight, but he was in March. Now, uh, on the topic of, of playoffs and teams being able to do damage, at, at the start of the season, we did our whole broad brush widespread predictions about the playoffs, about different awards. And I was the only one that sat here and said that Houston was going to win the championship and they were going to do it in five games and that it wasn't going to be close. Now, since we are here with a media professional such as yourself, can you just confirm the accuracy of my report and tell me that I'm right so we can let these other two clowns bask in another Warriors-Cavs matchup dream that they've just prophesized to themselves? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I fall asleep and, and, and wake up in June? Uh, I, 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 am, are, am I assured that things are over in the 2017-2018 NBA season? I don't remember traveling by Subaru out sleeping in my car to go to an NBA finals game. That's because it was I don't a remember. Aztec, man. You're on a budget. No, I'm not. I'm on a, I'm on, I'm, I'm looking at snow right now, guys. We <laughs> still got two months to go with your five games. Okay. I don't, I, okay. Yes. That's a smart thing to say. <laughs> it's April. It's snowing out. I mean, God bless. Like, good, good on you for that. But, uh, but NBA uh, playoffs well, are my Groundhog Day, and they drive me crazy, Kelly. That's why I'm trying to get this shit straight <laughs> to June. It's <laughs> oh, you gotta find joy in that journey, man. If, if Phil Jackson passed anything along besides you can't smoke peyote, it's that you gotta have some sort of, you know, uh, uh, you gotta find something fun, and, uh, and and it's a winter sport. You got you. It's it's something to help the kids when they get all scrambly in the brain on the inside. You know, it's something to help us all run around. So, no, I, the playoffs are nice, but, uh, you know, you got to find fun in the months that lead up to it. And, yeah, all, all praise to that to that thing, to that thing. Five games, huh? That's Well, that's your maximizing possessions right there. You have the foresight to go. Chris Paul is going to fit in expertly, and he has, which is, I, I don't know how. I don't get. We watch it, and it's it, okay. It just works. It's just like two different basketball teams that are the same team, and they're both amazing. 
and uh, and yeah, they're just they they're just they don't stop, do they? No. It's like Steve Kerr figured out D'Antoni's riddle, and then D'Antoni went, "Oh, that's how I win." I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, six foot ten guy that dunks a lot, while everyone pays attention to the guard. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. You just need you just need a, a mirage of sorts. You just need a mirage in the post. <laughs> Shitty album. Is <laughs> <laughs> that seventy eight? Yeah, that was the they had to they had to do that album to fulfill a record thing. I think with MCA they had one album left, so they put out Mirage in the Post and then that weird cover art on it. I think it was Hypnoxis or whatever. Yeah, that's a terrible album. Don't buy that. You'll see it in shelves out there for like two fifty. But you know, try to get another copy of Living on the Fault Line or something like that. Leave Mirage in the Post in the bin. Uh, from the capellas Uh, so you know kind of big talk this week obviously with it being the end of the NCAA tournament Villanova gets the championship there I'm curious your thoughts on this because obviously capellas (laughs) that is so good that is so good did you guys ever see the tort? No, you, you're young kids. There's a show called The Tortellis in the '80s that was a cheer spinoff, and I'm just seeing the lettering from that show is the Capellas. <laughs> ah, it's it's a doo-wop group. It's 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 a Jersey Boys group. It's a whatever you want it to be. That is that is so great. I'm sorry, Jay Wright, who is older than Ted Cruz somehow. Yes, <laughs> yes, somehow. Uh, you know, obviously, every year there's a college coach. Show. Could he make the jump and be successful? I assume with what Villanova's done, he's probably going to be the guy that's next on that bubble of, is this a guy that can do it, obviously, if he wants to? Could you see a, let's say, like, a terrible, who's terrible, who's god-awful, like a Phoenix Suns or a Sacramento Kings, for example, being, like, throwing a ton of money at Jay Wright to try to see him go there and try to fix what they do? The Suns, yeah. The Suns with that owner, I could, you know... I could see them swayed by a kid at Chipotle at some point this summer. The Suns, the Suns are one, uh, you know, motivational book in an airport away from hiring, uh, you know, someone with painted out sideburns. Yeah, I just imagine yeah. the Suns ownership. I'm sorry, I did not to cut you off, but I just imagine the Suns ownership sitting in, like sitting in the office across from some like pimply kid from Chipotle and going, "So you mean to tell me guac is extra?" <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, man. And you just hold off on the guac and you send that three million, you get a second round pick. <laughs> it could happen. So old foam finger Robert Sarver over there. We'll just tell yeah. him to keep ordering veggie burritos. The guac's free. They won't know what hit them. Except <laughs> gobs of lean protein. Delicious lean protein. I don't know if like Listen, the, yeah, they could totally do it. Memphis, I don't know. It depends on the individual. It depends on each team. They all have to fall in love with the other individual. Uh, you know, the only the only one that's going to charm a group is going to be someone like Calipari. He charmed the Sakaka seven. Uh, so it, it, even if he was if he was being kicked out of the NWC, NAACCA, NCAA, uh, you know, you'd still have half a dozen teams to be after him. But instead, he's the greatest thing that happened to college basketball since. Uh, uh, Sam Gilbert, I think that guy's name was, or Sam, or no, Sam Irvin was the guy from Watergate. Yeah, Sam Gilbert. It, it, even if Calipari stunk, you'd have a bunch of teams after him because you could charm people. There's always going to be a couple of owners that can get charmed, and even with uh, you know the new hedge fund kid, 
you know, run of these teams, it, it still takes, you know, a couple of weeks and, and uh, you know, someone could win them over. I don't know if Jay Wright is one of those guys, though. From I don't know anything about the gentleman, but he doesn't seem like a shyster. He doesn't seem like, a, you know, the sort of shuffle-in guy. He's, he's certainly been in college basketball long enough to to earn our respect from the pro side. 17 years of that school is, is, uh, is quite a bit. Um, and, uh, you know, should they go for those guys? I don't know. 450 NBA players. That's a lot of scouting to do in one summer. I do not say that flippantly. That's why these guys suck. It's not because they can't talk to the pros. It's because they don't know who know who these guys are. And they're not humble enough to understand that Antoine Walker likes to go left, even though he's right-handed. So, you know, that's the issue with these guys. It's, it's more than anything. And, uh, you know, why would Jay Wright want to do that? Why would he? Besides gobs and gobs of money. <laughs> True. <laughs> He's got it made a Villanova for, like, ever, especially winning two of the last three. So, so six years older than Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> He was in high definition for all of March and one week in April, held up to it with that with you know with a blom and, and and gusto, you know it's uh, he seems a fine man and I and I hope he stays where he's at because I love to see we got so many great assistants in this league I don't know who just put out a piece on that but uh, I haven't read yet but there's so many guys and gals in this league uh, you know walking the uh, the bowels of these arenas and waiting with the clipboard in hand to take over it, it's it's always fun to see someone learn on the fly it's been really cool to see Billy Donovan kind of put his head down and be humble and sort of disappear behind two or three or four other stars in his time in Oklahoma City I've liked that about him I think that's cool of him so I, I don't mind it when these guys want to take the chance but uh, you know I'd also like to see it mixed up a bit yeah, I think Stackhouse is kind of the name that keeps jumping up because of what he did with the Raptors 905 G League team. I know he's an attractive name for potential teams that need a head coach. Ah, yes, Vinny Del Stackhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I hope uh, Hornacek gets out before Stackhouse joins. Those, those two have a history. Do tell. Stackhouse punched him. <laughs> I don't know, like 96, 97, just punched him. There's here's Jeff Hornacek. I, I'm I'm gonna punch this now, and he, and he did. <laughs> oh, oh, honest horny, they call him. It <laughs> <laughs> were John about something 1996ish. They were like the new McDonald's menu or something like that. It had some sort of arch deluxe thing going on, or I don't know. I could make a Carolina in the city reference but i never watched the damn show they're arguing about something and and stackhouse was either i think he was a rookie and he just hauled off and smacked jeff hornacek like (laughs) okay so this is who we're dealing with now for the next 20 years okay he's the guy that smacks he's jordan but he hits people (laughs) so i went to brian regan there but yeah he's jordan ah, there's got to be something on youtube in it i I think it's it it deserves further explanation and i think the second arrangement is the place to do it well, speaking of the second arrangement, you did bring up a very interesting Michael Jordan story uh, on your on this list last week, which was really fun read. Well, I guess yeah, for the, what the case was. Um, kind of tell, talk a little about that because this the importance of it is LeBron just breaking his double digit scoring record in consecutive games. But the night Michael Jordan did it to be Kareem's, there was the prank call that he received. So one, 
how in the world did you dig up all that detail? Because that was amazing. Two, how, that's that's a very fun story. So I, I really appreciated that. That was the least fun story. I tried so hard to put some modicum. I mean, considering, as you alluded to, the gravity of the situation. So I danced with that for a couple of days. Like, I... <laughs> I want people to read this. I'm supposed to put one out for free to let people know what's up. Uh, and uh, I, it's a rough story, but, you know, I suppose it turned out well. It was just some doofus that called into a Minnesota Timberwolves game at some point in the first half and told whoever was answering the phones at 930 at night in that arena that Dolores Jordan, Michael's mother, had been hospitalized. And that's the extent of the detail. And Jordan, uh, uh, who had already scored, I think, like 17 points in the game or a, a Jordan-esque amount on a Jordan-esque field goal percentage, uh, spent all of halftime and, like, the first five minutes of playing time in the third quarter trying to figure out if everything was okay using the means that were available to him on December 30th, 1997. And... Uh, that's how bad the story gets. It's not a nasty story. Everything turned out okay. The Timberwolves won the game. They I don't mind giving away that they probably would have won the game anyway, and everyone's fine. But yeah, that's the sort of stuff that could have ha that happened in 1997 that just probably could no definitely could not happen. Thankfully today and i alluded to it with the seinfeld thing it was it was just you know seinfeld got out of the business around the same time with that tv show because you know imagine doing seinfeld with cell phones in 1999 when everyone's carrying around an answer to a miscommunication <laughs> they should make a twitter account about that <laughs> <laughs> all right well before we wrap up kelly the floor is yours. First off, thank you so much for joining us. But where can everyone through the series of tubes that is the internet find your wares? Uh, thanks everyone to listen for listening to me tonight. That was a blast. I, I had a, I had a great time, and and thanks to everyone for uh, for putting up with me having fun. Uh, I, the second arrangement is the site. It's a subscription site. I give some stuff away from free sometimes, um, and then uh, most of the stuff it's five dollars. A month. If you pay ten dollars, you get to join our Slack channel, which is—I'm uh, not going to say it's better than Twitter because uh, a bad ham sandwich is better than Twitter, but it's a pretty good alternative to Twitter on on game nights. Uh, you can get the whole shebang for a hundred dollars a year, and you just basically get as much content as I could possibly send out. That is—it's just a big bend to have fun to getting off of Twitter to getting off of Facebook to getting away from websites where we got to click out of everything and away from everything and turn this is just on your phone on your email sent to you haha ha, basketball haha ha, basketball haha ha. okay interesting point maybe I should watch that team haha ha, basketball scroll down scroll down that was fun and you don't have to deal with any of the other nonsense that we've associated the internet with in the last 10 or 15 years that's what I'm offering. A lot of hoops, a lot of fun, some music that I just got to get off my chest. And also, as we get into summer, uh, uh, some more talk with uh, possibly some stand-up, uh, traveling stand-up comedians. Uh, it's a great deal of fun. $5 a month gets you in. You can go back and read all the archives and all the fun stuff we've been doing all season, including the legendary behind the box score, which will continue throughout the rest of the year and the playoffs. And, yeah, we do a lot of crazy, researchy, goofy, deep-dive stuff like uh, we have up on the site with that Minnesota thing. But I promise all the other stuff we put out, we go out as a lot more fun than that. The next thing we're finishing off is something on Nick 
Van Exel, and I can't wait to do that. TSA.substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K.com, TSA.substack.com. I'm at KB on Hoops on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you so much again. And this has been 48 Minutes, your kind of sort of playoff preview episode, but not really. It was a lot of fun. You can find me on the feudalistic social media that is Twitter at PressX to Alex. Tim is TimDaniel518. Sean is Sean underscore Mackey. And as Kelly said, he is KD on hoops for all of us at 48 Minutes. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Kelly. Hail Hayward. Houston is fine. Good night. <laughs>